The Koi Gig Pod. I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 week scan. That's, it's mad to think of really, it seems kind of archaic. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance was just lacked that intensity. Boom. <sighs> a lot to get into here, lads. Yeah. There's a lot to get into. I was getting messages. Getting messages on Twitter last night. Um, Shane put down in the performance rankings. They lost the uh, Mechanic Cup semi-final on penalties to Derry at the weekend. But they're back, are they? They're back. They're back at it. Donegal in the first round of the championship. See what Let's happens see. when you get a unified camp. Anything is possible. Exactly. No, they didn't quite make it. I sat yesterday on the couch from 4 o'clock until almost midnight. So I watched the North London Derby at half 4. I then proceeded to watch the Bills get over the Dolphins. And then I watched the, uh, the tail end of the Masters snooker final as Judd Trump beat Mark Williams. So, I mean, my eyeballs hurt. My head hurts. I don't know where to start, but let's start the performance rankings in the red with uh, the two Merseyside clubs. Misery side, you could even say. Hey. What? Uh, so, yeah, well, maybe... Where we'll were you when we were doing up the graphics, Shane? Yeah, I know. Misery side just fit perfectly, didn't it? Uh, and it's one of the stories that's kind of gone hidden uh, across the weekend because there was so much else happening. But uh, Liverpool, um, Jurgen Klopp's comments after the 3-0 defeat of Brighton, it was bad, really bad. That's, that's the, the first comment that he, that he came out with. It should have been seven. It should have been. Um, an embarrassment a lot of Liverpool fans I'm, I'm mates with were kind of like this is the worst performance there has ever been <laughs> from Liverpool which was a bit of a stretch but uh, you'd certainly say it's up there with per performances under Jurgen Klopp um, for sure uh, after 18 league games Liverpool have scored fewer goals conceded more won fewer points and have a worse goal difference than at this stage of any previous full top flight campaign under Klopp so is this the worst moment for Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp potentially um, what is it ninth in the Premier League table at the moment um, and not only that but as you say Jared, like outplayed from start to finish at the Amex could have been much worse Evan Ferguson got in there with a little assist against the team that, that tried to, uh, to sign him at the same time Brighton were there um, they've dropped 26 points in the league this season four more than across the entire campaign last year that'll tell you how, how big this slide is like a lot of the pundits are kind of saying is this Liverpool tired from all the battles in recent years with Man City there's potentially an argument in that Um they gave it all last year. You felt like you know they were challenging on four fronts, won the two cups, and then just petered out. And then this season, it's just it's hard to see where their motivation lies because you look at the likes of Virgil Van Dijk. Now, there's justification to the argument of the injury. So they have Van Dijk out, Diaz out, Jota, several others. That's had an impact, especially at the weekend there. You'd imagine, but it's just individual mistakes, isn't it? Well. I don't know if it, I, 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 that individual mistakes thing is always shorthand for I haven't a clue what's going on. When the, I'm not saying you, but with the, the managers, yeah, are like, for sure. It, it's a Frank Lampard trope back in the day. Whenever things are going awry at Chelsea, it was always individual mistakes, and then Tuchel came in and the individual mistakes stopped. So I, look, I, I mean, I think the problems at Liverpool are befuddling at mm. this point when you consider that. Well, we thought it was maybe you know. Uh, the absence of Sadio Mane bringing that energy to the front line and then it was like all the midfielders all collectively uh, failing at the same time and then it's like well the centre-backs don't seem to be as good as they used to be and that's a general malaise all over the throughout the team mm. the injury profile definitely not helping but 
I, I can't remember as precipitous a collapse from a team who were the best in Europe to now also runs in the race for fourth. They're not also runs in the race for the Premier League title. Like, can anybody uh, like make a case for them to finish in the top four this season? At this point? Not really. It's gone, isn't it? They're ten points off United who are fourth. Uh, the same amount of games played. Look, that's catchable because there's still another game to go for before we reach the halfway point. If United had been beaten at the weekend, right? Yeah. You could have made a case. But now that United are winning, mm. in the way that they're winning, with the confidence that they have, I don't think you can make a case for them to finish in the top four. Yeah. Which leaves, you know, the massive, massive Champions League game as like the whole season riding on it. Like you look at the Brentford game two weeks ago and they lost 3-1 you look at the Wolves game in the FA Cup Brighton. which they blew away Brighton Sorry, like, Brighton just obviously happened Yeah but like there's, there's, there's so many of these games Sorry my, my microphone's shaking there but it's it's just nervous because there's so much happening um, the, the opener like Alexis McAllister was involved intercept Matip's pass and you're thinking Matip that is shocking um, so there's, there's been moments in Liverpool games now where you're like this team just is is so disjointed I'm just looking at the formation so they had 4-3-1-2 on Saturday Oxlade-Chamberlain behind the front two of Salah and Gakpo, but they just weren't at the races. They were imbalanced. They were poor. Jordan Henderson as well was fairly blunt, similar to Klopp. He was like, "What went wrong?" He was asked what went wrong, and he said, "Everything. It hasn't been right for a little while now. I'll take responsibility. We're pretty low on confidence. The energy level is low. I mean, that that's pretty damning. Your captain's coming out and saying we're low on confidence, and the energy in the team is low. Which why is Liverpool, Liverpool any? Why is their energy any lower than any other team?" I mean, they all had the World Cup to contend with. Alexis McAllister was one of Brighton's best players of the weekend and he went all the way in the World Cup. So, I mean, energy is just an excuse, isn't it? Uh, shout out to Sonny Marsh's finish for his second goal. For sure. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I, like, that, are, are we sleeping on that? Shout out to Roberto De Zerbi for getting the most of the Sonny Marsh. He didn't score at all last season. Roberto De Zerbi? Scored four now. Like, yeah. four already. You know? Seriously, got, like, Marsh on those kind of like handy enough players for Cardiff. Back in the day, and it was like, oh, he was an okay signing for Brighton. Doesn't but know our league. He's turned. Oh, I love that. I love when he sticks <laughs> it to him. Do you know who originally got that? Marco Silva when he first came to England as well when he was Hall manager. One. Yeah, well, one of the one of one of the big ones on uh, a certain show castigated the appointment of this unknown Portuguese man who's mm. now absolutely flying out at Fulham. And uh, it's great to see with Zerbi too. And obviously, he's very good to our own boy up front too. And um, just watching the highlights back, even on um, was a match of the day. Jonathan Pierce, I think, did the Brighton Liverpool game. And he was saying, you know, quite objectively, Evan Ferguson, Evan Ferguson is making a serious difference is, to this Brighton side. Is Jonathan Pierce in that game after the match? He is, isn't he? It sounds like it. Well, I think all of this match today stuff is like it's fantastically it's well yeah. written in hindsight. Too well written, like, almost. We are, unless you have incredible foresight as a commentator. I why would you do it during the game? It doesn't make any sense. You just do the. You well, if you have the time, but that game was that, that was a three o'clock game, wasn't it? So you yeah, could have so had no, time. No, yeah, you have time. It's obviously post match. Um, it's, it's it's all it's very knowing. Yeah, my favorite Jonathan Pierce was was Robot Wars. Remember that show? I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that would be your favorite. Yeah, yeah, I used to enjoy the Robot Shite. Wars. Always comes across as so angry, <laughs> so uh, so disgruntled about modern football as Jonathan Pierce. <laughs> also, he fa- famously commented on the Eric Cantona kung fu kick. That was wasn't he? I care not a jot of his talent. Yeah, he should never play again. This man is a disgrace. Now Ferguson has two assists right in the Premier League. And both quite handy assists because he just passed the ball to someone who ended up in doing fairness. something unbelievable. But it all counts in the stats. All counts in the Premier League. Great to well. see. But uh, yeah, the Zerbi's doing a great job. And for Klopp, like you mentioned the stats there, Shane, like there's so much you can say, like, you know, they haven't kept a clean sheet in the last eight games. But also, I think the biggest takeaway altogether is Klopp saying this is the worst game ever in his managerial career, ever. Um, yeah. And remember two years ago, we were all like, he's going to leave. He's going to go. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like he's up for it. Then last season, they were brilliant. And now it's back to that conversation again. 
but he wants I think he wants to stay I think he wants to see his contract out is this, like, is what happens What happens after Klopp that's the thing is it what a rebuilding like a lot of people are saying that this is a rebuilding phase for Liverpool that, that is about to happen I don't know is, is it that bad that they have to now start from scratch start from zero and well, it's not I don't scratch. Know. They still obviously have Mo Salah. I mean, unless they decide to cash in on Salah at this point, because like Salah looks a bit sad without Manny. <laughs> he looks a bit sad without his creative tension partner. It's like uh, I kind of miss the yin and the yang. I miss the Liam and Noel. Do you know, he kind of he, like, he gets on probably too well with Darwin. You must uh, have a, a theory on Liam and Noel getting back together now. Well, that I mean, I woke up to that news on Saturday morning. It was very sad. Is it happening? Well, oh no, no, no the, the personal news of Noel Gallagher. Very sad. All oh, right. Yeah. His marriage. His marriage is ending over. after eleven years. And they were oh, going right. out for twenty-two years. But now I was thinking. Well, I was, uh, I was talking to a fellow who said, "Well, like you know, if he needs the money now for whatever legal oh, legal issue coming I up, I didn't even think of the money. Oh as yeah, he's going to be like, let's do it. Yeah, because oh, this, and apparently that's why the rumours are circling. The last few months that he's far more open than he used to be. He was on that pub talk uh, with um, uh, Ray Parler and. Um, uh, lad. Yeah, the other lad. When, and um, when Ray Parler was doing his. Corona yeah. and shot for the Queen. Yeah. Yes. Word? Yes. And anyway, he was on this and all. And then he was kind of very, he was kind of open to the, the reunion, oh, which he never was previously. And it all goes so because he was possibly going to actually divorce. And now. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. But yeah. they're going to sell all their music in the way Bob Dylan did, right? Because they've got, they've reached that point where they can sell a firm. He wants it for opinion. his kids. Yeah. He said, yeah. He said he's happy to do that. So it's, it's all, it's all adding up. So okay, that could sorry, happen. We, yeah. We, that was uh, very a slight yeah. tangent. Bobby yeah, Gallagher, yeah, with, with City and. Merseyside. Uh, we move on to Everton. Somebody has finally corrected the uh, the title there and, and moved it to Miseryside there. Hey. Uh, we should mention Everton while we're on Miseryside, uh, very briefly. Um, James Ward-Prowse, shocker, scoring a stunning free kick. Two goals for him in the second half. Uh, Southampton, we said it when they beat, not, we beat Man City in the Cup. Is this the start of it? Sorry, it was the League Cup. Is this the start of the Southampton turnaround? And, well, I mean, it was a quality, quality win for them at the weekend and uh, a season of frustration for Frank Lampard and Everton continuing... Uh, enough concern at the club the safety of the board wasn't um, given the green light so they didn't, didn't show up to the game so uh, they were afraid of their own uh, safety uh, the fans were quite amenable to the, to the Everton players at the end of the game regardless of the result um, you remember nine months ago when Everton avoided relegation with that win over Palace and it's just party party all around at uh, Goodison Park and uh, now you're looking start of January 2023 things just aren't good Um I mean, Lampard got the dreaded vote of confidence last week from Farhad Mashiri. How long will that last? I don't know. But um, if results keep continuing, and if you look at the bottom of the Premier League now, the three teams on the same number of points at the bottom, 15 points, Southampton at the bottom, Everton second bottom, and West Ham in 18th position. So uh, three teams that uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted at the start of the year. To see Yerry Mina confronting the Everton fans afterwards, um, he, was, he was quite happy to talk to them. They were quite happy to talk to him. And it, it, was, it was getting quite passionate, and he seemed to keep his cool. Um, but it's um, I'm still I'm kind of surprised that Frank Lampard's still in a job I really am but maybe the distraction is actually the board directors being told to stay away that Lampard might be one of the the lesser problems at the club at the moment mm. and that's the fans seem to be um, certainly aiming their ire towards the the upstairs parties rather than the man in the dugout who I think they I think a lot of Everton fans like I remember us talking about him when he took over first and I think one of their first games was away to Newcastle which they lost who was the and man? they were very supportive of him there was on social else, media very there was, supportive of there him was somebody else was going to get the job and they were like no no we want Lampard uh, it was the um, yeah I know who you're, yeah I think it was Garcia wasn't it and um, he interviewed first and then he came out bizarrely before the decision was made saying I think I can do great things with this club and then 24 hours later Lampard was appointed which was a bit of a shock at the time but the Everton fans certainly online were very supportive of the They man. were They were 
If, um, if say, a Roberto De Zerbi figure had been up against Frank Lampard, would the Everton fans in their wisdom have gone for Lampard? Mm. I mean, how do we know the other guy wasn't a, a De Zerbi in waiting? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, Deserve, he definitely deserved it. The, uh, the top three uh, odds now in this, the, um, yeah, of course, the, uh, the, the next Everton manager, next permanent Everton manager, the odds. So third place, and this has changed over the last number of days, Roberto Martinez, 7-2. to two. Wayne Rooney, second favourite, 3-1. to one. And the favourite at 2-1... to one, is Sean Deitch. So, I mean, Deitchy is the favourite to take over Everton if, uh, if, Lam- if and when Lampard gets the sack. If the results continue, you'd imagine, as you say, Colin, it could be fairly soon that Frank Lampard finds himself out of a job. He'll get another one. That's the way football works. I'm not sure. Really? There's not that He's many. He's already had three. There's not that He's many flying through him. He is flying through now. He w- he'll get something. He'll get something. But um, I'm starting to wonder, like, yeah, like, is he that, is he that bad? Or is this Everton side just not good enough? I like. I actually thought he signed okay. Like his two centre halves are very good for that level. Tarkovsky and Cody. So that was like a pretty smart what acquisition. Level? Premier League level for that level of the Premier League. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a smart acquisition. Like Jordan Pickford's a good keeper. Like Patterson's a good right back. Then you have Coleman as well, and that mm-hmm. side. Like they have a few handy enough players, but then you the further you go up the field, it's just like it's just not a very threatening final third squad. Yeah. And uh, I would be fascinated to know how, say, uh, a tactically evolved coach, how more, much more they would be getting out of this Everton side. But with Lampard, he's like, he kind of seems to stop turning on his players as much as he used to. Remember last season, he's constantly throwing them under the bus. Yeah. I think he realises now that, uh, oh, maybe they're not so bad. He's stuck with them. Maybe they're not so bad. It was Vitor Pereira who was going to be the manager Pereira. they were going to appoint. Um, Sliding doors. He's at Flamengo at the moment. That's the way it happens. Just, um, just appointed. Uh, he was at Corinthians before that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, look, uh, Everton. Uh, who's going to give us? Who's going down now? Oh, uh, I think Southampton will go down. Um, I think Bournemouth will go down, and I think potentially, whisper it, Leeds United. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the Leeds fans I know are. are um, they say that they feel like there's no hope. Mm. It's just avoiding relegation at this stage. They're on edge. Uh, do you remember I got ridiculed for mentioning Palace about five, six weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous what he's talking about. So they're 12. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you? I did, yeah. I said, everybody from Palace down is in trouble. They're seven points Any, ahead any of one of them could sink like a stone. Mm. And since then, Palace is sinking. It's just that the teams around them aren't great. Mm. They have United at home on uh, Wednesday night, Palace, so that's a... Also, you know who we haven't really talked about at all much this season is David Moyes at West Ham. Like this is kind of falling massively flat, like yeah. really, really flat. And same with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Yeah, I like, mean, we could have any number of people in the red this weekend oh, from the Premier League. It's a brilliant relegation battle all the way from Palace down to Southampton. So yeah. you say you think your lot are okay in the eleventh? Aston Villa eleventh. Villa are fine. Not Villa are looking up instead of down. Mm. Um, they're only three points ahead of Palace with uh, one more game played, Jer. So I mean, they're yeah, but their form is four yeah. wins and six. True, fair. And the new managers come in who's a grown up. Fair, yeah, yeah. Getting good stuff out of the players, like Emery. Um, we'll move on. Yeah, just before we do, I'm going to get to some of the YouTube comments. They were they were active and ready. They were waiting for us this morning. Mm-hmm. John Hoare, before we even started the show, hey lads, Casemiro, best defensive midfielder in the league. Pogba out, Casemiro in is the biggest change in Man United performance. It's not. It's not the biggest change in Man United's performance. Having a manager who knows what the fuck he's doing is the single biggest change at Manchester United. We all know it, and you can't... That's the starting point for everything. And it's the start, it should be the starting point now for every single club. It's like, does our manager know what he's doing? Yes or no? If yes, proceed. If no, get rid. And keep going until you find somebody. And so Everton should just get rid of Lampard. Like, they should just get rid of Lampard and say, right, that's done, we need to find somebody. And maybe then... 
it'd be safe for the board to go to the games. I, I don't have any children. Um, you know, I know <laughs> you, you do, Jer, but uh, and Colm, you don't just yet. But I, I think if I had a child tomorrow that you know of, that I know of, yeah, yeah. If I had a child tomorrow that I was told about, I, I think I'd call them Casemiro. <laughs> I think it, they'd be Casemiro Hannon. It has a ring to it, you know. Casemiro Cristiano Fitz- Fitzgerald. I was going to say Casemiro, Casemiro Fitzgerald. Hannon. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Casemiro Fitzgerald. <laughs> Fitz- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fergus Keogh says has Klopp reached a sell-by date and David Tomley goes Klopp's seven-year itch history has shown it lads the seven-year itch Marilyn Monroe moves in upstairs in the movie that's what happens right and at the end he goes back to his family so the seven-year itch is just like a little passing fancy it's not a real thing and it's also who, eight years who is Jurgen Klopp's where's, where's Marilyn Monroe Marilyn, in this yeah. it doesn't work it doesn't work Cody Gakpo maybe is Marilyn Monroe maybe one of the we'll, all-time we'll great time. movies by the way if you haven't watched it it's Sensational. Perfect. Really? Yeah. That's just because Marilyn Monroe's in it. No, no, the writing is sensational. Okay. Absolutely amazing. I saw The Apartment recently. That's a great film. Jack Lemon. Oh. Oh my God. Love Jack Lemon. brilliant. Honestly. Jack, who's the... Uh, the lead... The Mia Farrow. No. no uh, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Oh yeah. Have her autograph at home. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. It's very good now. Jack Lemon and, and Walter Matthau, the great double act, unfortunately died before I could, could, could write to them. Mm. I, was, I was actually cursing a lot of old celebrities when I was younger. I used to write letters to celebrities, and they'd send back an autograph, and within two weeks they'd be dead. Oh, you, you, uh, so you were literally cursing them, as literally to killing them, giving out about them. Yeah, right. yeah. Mom would be like, "There's a, there's a letter in the post for you there." I'd, I'd open it, and it was an actor who had already died two weeks previous, but it had taken three weeks for it to arrive. Wow! And I was like, "This is weird." Do you remember the name? Uh, there was a few. There was a few of those instances. Was there? Um, he's like sending little white powder to them. Was, I was. I remember being in, in, t- in touch with a baseball player for the Detroit Tigers. This pitcher, I think, Mark Fidrick was his name. And uh, he sent me a letter, signed a couple of baseball cards on baseball for me. I don't know, I went through a period of supporting the Detroit Tigers in the Major League. And he uh, sent me two baseball cards back and, yeah, killed in a farm accident on his tractor, literally as the, uh, the cards were en route to me. Oh, you know, wow. Know, like in his 50s. So it was right. like, there was incidents like that happening. I was, I'm not saying I cursed them, but... Um, Immediately increasing the value of the baseball cards 100%. is what you were thinking. Well, yeah, that's the, the dark way of looking at it. Jesus. He died April 13th, 2009. Mark Fidrick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember it well? I remember it. You would have been late teens. What age was he? He was in his 50s, I think. 54. 54. Mm. Madness. Six with 30. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sort of thing sticks with you. Anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. How did we get there? Uh, Klopp, seven years... Oh, sorry. Ah, uh, uh, here, leaving for another few seasons is Mark C. The Man United fans feel themselves. They're loving this Liverpool story. It's not just the Man United are good, it's the Liverpool are terrible. It's perfect. <laughs> Uh, excellent win for Arsenal yesterday says Mark Dunning completely outplayed them in the first half biggest difference was probably the performance of the two keepers Ramsdale looked so assured Lloris looked well dodgy mm. we're going to get to that don't worry we will we'll move on to the uh, the next element of red the uh, the next colour up and uh, City and Spurs uh, again we'll start in, in maybe order of, of when this game happened uh, Man City and the players not too happy at United's equaliser Bruno Fernandes' goal and the offside that wasn't um, Manuel Akanji Kyle Walker, Jack Grealish, um, kind of coming around Stuart Atwell in the tunnel apparently after the match. Harry Maguire coming out of the United dressing room to appease matters. Scott McTominay getting involved as well as McTominay tends to do. Uh, they just weren't I missed happy. all this. What happened? Apparently it was just that they were, it wasn't a fracas. It was kind of the, the city players uh, with those three I named uh, to the four surrounding Stuart Atwell and his officials. Uh, Alan K- or, um, Darren Can, of course, the, the linesman over on that far side that allowed the goal to stand. Um, so they just surrounded him, complained about the goal, wouldn't drop it, and then the United players got involved to kind of calm them down and, and help them uh, move away. But uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly the Battle of Old Trafford and the Battle of the Buffet, but still, City not happy. Um, in the moment, I was like, yeah, 
great decision by the officials letting that goal stand. Uh, Rashford has not touched the ball. He was not involved in the play. Uh, but then in hindsight, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, probably if if that goal had been against United, United fans would have been pretty upset. So um, it was one of those moments you can kind of understand from City's perspective. Pep Guardiola on the sideline remonstrated and then straight away tried to get the City players back in back in focus, but it didn't work. United went on to, to of course, score the winning goal and the rest is history. Is this not all a distraction from what's actually going on at Manchester City, all this noise from the match of the weekend? Because uh, this game, again, they were very poor in attack. They only had two shots. Yeah. One of them was the goal. They were very poor and um, it's a match today again they did a very good analysis of what's wrong with them in attack and Ian Wright was pointing out Erling Haaland is doing everything right on his side but the City players just aren't servicing him so he w- he makes brilliant vertical runs essentially that the City players just refuse to He's put him through for them. and um, they're playing a lot of sideways and kind of diagonal passes where Haaland's kind of throwing his hands up in the air like Robbie Keane style back in the day yeah. where he's now gone offside so they have to regenerate the ball but like Ian Wright pointed out maybe a handful of occasions where Haaland was through one-on-one if the ball was played at the right time with the right yeah. accuracy and it just wasn't and they seemed a bit like you've never really said much about Manchester City sides under Pep Guardiola that kind of lacked ideas a bit they did and uh, when they went one up I don't know about you Shane but it wasn't any great big fear based on how they were playing I thought okay they might come into it they might st- like step on now a bit but I really actually backed United to get back into the game it's almost what United needed the City goal and then when they got one you're thinking well the momentum is with them now they're going to get a second I actually noticed, maybe it's, um, uh, it's confirmation bias, but I thought in the tunnel before the match, Haaland looked, I'm not going to use the word nervous, but he certainly looked like the weight of the world was on his shoulders. This was the game where, of course, he uh, it meant the most to him probably with the whole story about his dad, and I'm sure it's all floating through his head when he hears the Stone Roses come on, and this is the one, and they're walking out, and he's like, well, okay, I'm in Old Trafford now, I'm playing for City, this is Manchester Derby. Um, I felt like he looked... More nervous than he normally does before a match. Mm. Look, he, he didn't have the, the worst game at all. Um, United kind of stifled him. I thought putting Luke Shaw centre half to kind of match him for pace worked. Fred had De Bruyne in his pocket for the first, certainly 30, 35 minutes at least. Um, now De Bruyne eventually gets the assist course for City's goal, but the first while, Fred is just a shadow of De Bruyne and he's given him nothing. Yeah. Uh, and look, Fred does that job very well. Follows, you know, he follows his man around, does a job like I don't know, like Parchi Sung or someone to that effect. But really, really good performance from uh, from United. But City, I don't think you'd be too concerned about City. Uh, look, so that losing to Southampton during the week was a was a warning sign. Losing to United in the manner in which they did was was pretty poor as well. But you'd still imagine they'll be back. And Antonio Conte after the ma- the match yesterday saying it's a two horse race for the title. Yeah. Completely dismissing United at Newcastle. You know, um, you know what, Alan, you've picked up on something there. I think when he cares too much, uh, his performances suffer. Ben Godfrey, remember the Everton game there a couple of weeks ago, yeah, finished yeah. one all. Godfrey's winding him up the whole game, and then Haaland finally got a free kick and started like wildly gesticulating to the crowd. Come on, come on. And he was kind of quiet after that. And I think, yeah, but I th- this is his first time playing at Old Trafford as well. I think it would have been. Yeah, certainly. Um, as a city so, player. yeah, I mean, uh, he, he probably thought this was going to be the day, and he probably had a celebration planned and was thinking too far ahead. But the best talent is the objective one, the cold one, yeah. who just kills people. But um, He didn't look cold to me before the game. He looked, he looked nervous. Now, I'll tell you what, though. That's Bruno Fernandes' goal. Grateful. But just never stood. I mean, great finish. Great you, finish. You, you can't allow that goal half. I don't understand I'm, the rules anymore. You just can't. It's, um, I mean, he one hundred percent interfered with play. Yeah. Well, uh, like one hundred percent. There's there's been this mad controversy in American football ever since Des Bryant last week 
five, six years ago, made a catch at the end of the game, which would have won the game for the Dallas Cowboys. And I was like, oh, it's a catch. And then they they went upstairs and the VAR basically equivalent was like, oh, no, that's not a catch because it wasn't a football movement. And since then, I remember listening to somebody going, uh, if 100 people are in a pub watching the game and they think that's offside, it's offside, right? Because that's like, everybody should be able to understand the rules. The joy of football used to be that it was so easy that everybody watching could go, yeah, I understand exactly what's happening here. And that's gone because, like, you know, I mean, technically, apparently, by the letter of the law, it's all yeah. perfectly fine. Like, but it shouldn't be. And but these, these rules were altered for the right reasons, right? It was to improve the game that they thought, well, look, there's, there's a bit of injustice here with the offside, so we're going to try and benefit some party. But the traditional rule was you benefit the attacking play. And it was, I, I don't remember offside being such a huge debate 10, 20 years ago. No. I just don't remember it being a big deal. Uh, the same way that um, players are absolutely obsessed with handball now. If there's any any idea at all of a handball in the penalty area, everyone goes mental. And I don't remember that being the case well, a long time ago. Well, they changed that rule too and then they've changed it back again. Yeah, yeah. so there's almost um, a priority given to set-piece winning rather than playing football. And that is because mm-hmm. of the rules. But uh, the idea was right in the first place, but the the execution of it we gotta, we it's, gotta, it's frustrating we've got to keep going yeah, we'll, we'll come back going. to this right. we'll, we'll, look we've mentioned Spurs briefly Hugo Lloris is shout and um, I think there's not much else to be said he pounded the ball into his own goal and, and Spurs did a Spurs if Bob Dwyer is watching this morning you can let us know what you, what you made of that but uh, really I mean it was about Arsenal's performance for the, for the majority of the, the early part of the game Lloris was just crap uh, and and to uh, to point it in complete direction of the other way it, uh, Aaron Ramsdale had a brilliant game for Arsenal so it was a tale of two keepers first win at Spurs for Arsenal since 2014 but we'll come back to them in the green uh, junior final in the Galads in the Amber this, uh, this morning I mean Fusser's performance deserves to be in the green but then the uh, the discipline and the disciplinary breaches on both sides probably are the reason why we've put this final, generally speaking, in amber. It was a bit shocking to watch towards the end. So 19 points to Fossa, 113 to Stewartstown Harps, the Tyrone team, as you mentioned, the Kerry-Tyrone battle. Stewartstown finished the game with 11 men. Four players sent off, three of them on straight red cards in the second half. Uh, two fellas sent off, two Cliffords, in fact, for uh, for Fossa. Um, it was just one of those strange, bizarre games, especially towards the tail end. It's still in the melting pot, so you're wondering why Stewartstown are, are doing this, but... Um, the really sickening moment was uh, a lot of people will have seen it now but if you didn't see it live you'll have seen it on Twitter Anton Coyle um, with a sickening hit on Paulie Clifford uh, Paulie Fitzgerald as the, uh, Larry McCarthy was calling him in the, the post-match handing the trophy over to him but it is Paulie Clifford um, that elbow in the face and the worst thing about this is that this is on this is on television it's in front of a stadium full of people um, and you're still doing something like that Anton Coyle should be should be banned for, for a significant period of time Um it's something you see quite often, and look, I know when when Tyrone and Kerry clubs come together, there's an extra element element of spice. There's a little bit of hatred there as well, um, but there's no place in the game for that. Um, and look, a lot of the red cards you could you could say was it a red card? Was it not? Paddy Clifford in his speech afterwards. I think we might have a clip of that, do we? Of yeah, Paddy Clifford's speech. Here's a here's a look at what Paddy Clifford had to say after the match. Uh, to the referee and to his officials, um, obviously a very. A tough game there to ref at the end. Um, a good, good job other than the end, but when I was wrong, he said that. Uh, uh, not, just, uh, unbelievable how I was enough. A great job all round, yeah. Apart from the bit where they sent me off. But, uh, I, I have a dream. That's up there with I have a dream speech, <laughs> isn't it? That's one of the great speeches of our times. 
Jesus, what was the Churchill one as well? Yeah. yeah. It's the incredulity in his voice, isn't it? Yeah. It's ah. like that fact that he goes back again and says it. He's totally like, just, I, just, I just can't believe I was set um, off. It, it's total like, verbalisation of his thoughts. You can't celebrate this because uh, you're, you're condoning attacks on referees, according to my Twitter feed. I was like, I was like, I mean, come on, everybody. <laughs> it was just funny because. Think of the children. Yeah. Think of the children. It's like, fair play, the. Um, Whoever is the match director, I think it's Nemeton doing those games, right? But uh, they were straight over to the referee with the footage. It was like, and they weren't cutting away from it. And they were also, like, I don't know if you, if you saw the aftermath, like the Stewartstown players and management team are, are still in with the fuss of players complaining after the game. There was none of the, like, incredible interviews, I thought, from um, David Clifford in particular, where he's like, there's so much riding on this. That's all that is. That's all. I, mm, I don't bear any grudges to them whatsoever. We're going to play a clip of that in a minute. Um, like he straight away is is understanding exactly what's going on and, and why it's like that. But at full time, many of the Stewartstown players and uh, backroom team were still in Lippy and like chippily giving crap to Fussa. Bad losers, really, really bad losers in that instance. And I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems to be seems it's in the water. Jaguan said, "Why, why always Tyrone?" Yeah. What is it about what is it about Tyrone football culture that results in this? There's something that, like people from Coal Island up in Tyrone call it the island, um, but there's some there's something island esque about the entire county of Tyrone. Now, as a modern man, I can I can say this: we're, we're border counties. My granny is from Tyrone. Uh, I live ten minutes from the border with Tyrone. Um, and would you go and like just play friendlies with them, or are you like no, because we 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 don't we don't want to be beaten black and blue. <laughs> they're often they're we often don't, we don't want our girlfriend's numbers written on the. the <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes there aren't many friendlies considering the geographic proximity. You know, you might choose teams from Fermanagh or from Armagh for an easier life. Uh, I mean, that disciplinarily speaking. But, I mean, it was one of those things yesterday where you're like, look, Tyrone's edge and their bite and their little bit of aggressiveness is what has probably brought them so much success through the noughties, even up to now, the All-Ireland a couple of years ago. Um, But there's also elements of this in the club game that's fairly disgusting in Tyrone. Let's be honest. The thing is, right, it's not the bite that won them the All-Irelands. It's the quality of the football that they played. Yeah. And the bite. Like, the bite is the bit where... Um, Siege mentality, they, though, maybe, I'm, I'm saying. But, but uh, no, this is completely over there. This is, they completely lost the run of themselves in that game. And how many times have you seen it? You saw it last year in the Championship. It, when the game was going against them, it was like, oh, red cards all round. Because there's, there's... Against that's, Armagh in the, in that's, the league. That's just a bad or, culture. Yeah. Like, that's, there's something... The bit that makes you a great footballer is not the bit that makes you a thug. In, and I'm not singling out any of the individual things yesterday, right? But there's an element of thuggery involved in like completely losing the run of yourself and then getting into these brawls. But like, it's, it's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault as well. The victimhood that we see constantly is like, oh, they started it. Like, it's funny how it's, oh, there's just this strain of consistency that uh, that seems to be Tyrone and like here's the thing some of the best football performances we've seen in the last 20 years have been from Tyrone Gaelic football teams when yeah. they're just playing football like they did against Kerry in the noughties that team was sensational they were absolutely gifted now they might say that it was the the forge of club football that turned them into a team who were capable of doing what they did to uh, Armagh and to, to Kerry I don't know but like this stuff is nonsensical and it's completely self-defeating they were still in the game. They'd handled Clifford relatively well, even though he kicked eleven points. You'd like you'd, 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 any team going out will go eleven points. That's about 
if we can keep everybody else quiet that's about we might be able to win this game that's his and they managed idea. that except in the last 10 minutes where they completely lost their discipline and then they couldn't take it at the end mm. like they lost their discipline they got all the red cards and then they're the ones chippy at the end yeah. come on what are you doing was it Hamlet something is rotten in the state of Tyrone um, I don't know there's, there's just and look I, I, I like Tyrone uh, I just said it my granny's from Bala I'm always not in a cloy. I love Tyrone yeah. I thought they were the team of the naughties yeah, what are you doing it, what are just, you doing they make it hard to love them when there are moments like this and look Stewartstown players probably a lot of them will wake up today and go yeah okay it, 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 that was a bit much maybe if we kept our discipline we could have won the game I don't think they will no I don't think they will I don't know it'd be interesting to hear maybe them. not from a moral perspective but from a we could have won the game if we'd all stayed uh, yeah, in the pitch perspective yeah, but, yeah well I mean but like I don't know I don't, to, Tyrone lads come on let's be having you what, is, what is the story yeah. why does this happen to you so often Bit concerning, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that was the that was the disgraceful part of the game, and, and then Clifford I mean, Clifford's season: twenty goals in one hundred and eighty-seven games from thirty-four uh, one hundred and eighty-seven points from thirty-four games with County Club District and College in the twenty twenty-two to th- twenty-three season. He's ridiculous. But also zero zero sense of getting carried away with it, like just um, just like so calm in the aftermath. It was in, it was incredible yeah. how calm he was in the interviews that he did with TJ Carr and he did with Ashling, and uh, you know, like Paddy, not calm. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 for sure. I still, I still can't believe it. <laughs> Neither like, of them will play in a minute of the league, will they? And the right smile of uh, definitely Clifford was like, "Oh, we'll be off for a couple of weeks, three or four Was yeah, <laughs> what he said in the interview with Ashley. It was like, "I'll be off for a couple of weeks," and then he was like, "No, actually, no, I'm going to have three or four weeks off now." He missed the Kerry holiday. The he did, yeah. Did both yeah. of them was they, worth it. Wasn't they it? played him in the pre-tournament, pre-season tournament last year. Remember that? Yeah, oh, madness. Um, I'd be surprised to see him in in the league at any point. Maybe towards the tail end of the last couple of games, he might appear, but. He deserves a break. If any Levin scores from twelve attempts as well. Ah, here. He was pretty good. Almost, almost passed at the end though for a goal. <laughs> yeah, almost another done. highlight reel where the keeper comes out and gets caught in possession. And it, 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 like he reminded me at times yesterday of Pele. There's the there's the, the Pele miss. Mm. Pele was always like trying to score the great goal. There's the one the where dummy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it it just goes over the crossbar, and that would have been another uh, like for him at this stage for anything to make the highlight reel it has to be out of this world because he's got so many of them that was one and then there was another bit where he reminded me of the real Ronaldo in his um, you know, the early Barca or the PSV days where there's lads pulling his jersey Barca, Barcelona yeah the back of him. Bobby Robson manager in the sideline yeah. it's literally exactly the same thing happening yeah. yesterday where they were pulling his jersey and the referee's like advantage because I think you're going to score yeah, and then he does score half. and it's like yeah no problems not to be too hyperbolic but is he the best ever for you? I mean, it's definitely... Too early to tell, is it? I don't know, is it? Because he's... Look at his last 12 months. I mean, he, he couldn't you, have done more. You would say that, like, already he's in the conversation yeah. and it's now just a matter of making sure that, like, the he's four All-Stars race. already puts him in that conversation. Mm. You know, he's clearly on a trajectory that has taken him past anybody else we've ever seen. If, his, if his career ended tomorrow, where would he sit? Well, it'd be like James Dean if his career ended tomorrow. There'd be a sense of enormous loss... Mm. for mm. us as sports fans about what we would miss so I've, I'm wishing him all the best and uh, enjoy the break on the beach wherever it takes you David Clifford and we're really excited about what's coming next well deserved do we have another clip or do you want to just move on to go, no, no. go ahead move on. Uh, someone comments Jeppy Wright uh, Diego, Diego Simeone should manage Tyrone Diego no. Simeone wouldn't have a patch he, <laughs> he'd be going up there to learn he'd yeah. be on one of those like when he quits Atletico, you know the way uh, um, everybody goes around the world, they all go and visit the All Blacks and what does this no decade rule mean? Diego Simeone would be straight into club football in Tyrone going, what can I learn, lads? Yeah. Show me, how do you get away with this stuff? Well, we were talking about tackling, tackling school for Owen Farrell. Shithousery school <laughs> is in the Tyrone GA Centre. They should open that up. That's, where, open this, that up yeah, that's, that's like, where the lessons are. Yeah. 
20, so, yeah. 20 grand an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Maliki O'Rourke should manage Tyrone. Concentrate on the football, lads. Let's win something again. Although they did win the All-Ireland a couple of years ago and, and they look fairly dangerous this year, Tyrone, I have to say. In the McKenna Cup final, the competition that they love. Uh, we'll move on to the green, lads. We'll get back to, to Clifford, no doubt, during the sports pages a bit later on. Uh, Munster. And we'll, of course, touch on this with, uh, with Alan Quinlan this morning as well. But uh, Munster's... Performance the weekend, second half surge by Northampton Saints to, to almost come back in this Heineken Champions Cup Pool B game. Um, 27 points to 23 for anyone who's in Thoman Park, let us know uh, on Saturday night. First half red card for Jack O'Donoghue, you're thinking this is going to be a tough, tough evening for Munster. Um, but they now lie fourth, so all the drama and the, the fear and the loathing that happened towards the start of the, the, the season and, and before Christmas there. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all okay now in the state of Munster. 24 points up at the interval, thanks to those uh, brace of tries from Gavin Coombs. Solo score from Donahue uh, before he was sent off. Uh, and that sending off really led to Northampton Saints' comeback in the second half. Uh, James Ram and Tommy Freeman scoring for Northampton after the break. Not the great Tommy Freeman, of course, but the other Tommy Freeman from Northampton. Um, and Finn Smith adding 13 points from the boot as well. Uh, they just couldn't quite get the comeback going in Northampton, but um, really good performance. And... You're looking at the age profile of some of the this, the Munster team. I saw this commented on at the weekend, like the likes of Keith Arrows, Peter Mahoney, Conor Murray, Dave Kilcoyne. But then there's young players like Coombs, like Casey, like Daly that are coming through. And, and maybe the next generation of Munster players doesn't look so bad. Uh, and it seems that that South Africa A win back in November was a, a bit of a turning point. Everyone yeah. remembers the atmosphere there. So yeah. it feels like that was maybe the moment at which Munster push on well, I think maybe the moment was getting rid of Johan van Graan and uh, you know accidentally and all as that was and putting Graham Rowntree in because there's no way that Rowntree uh, there's no way that van Graan would have picked the team that Rowntree picked and we'll talk about this with Alan Quillen in a couple of minutes so if you're catching this on podcast make sure you get over to the OTV rugby feed and subscribe to that because um, something has changed you know specifically in the team selection and we'll deal with that uh, you know, no Conor Murray in the matchday squad, and no Keith Earls in the matchday squad, as you've said. So yeah. we'll talk about this a little bit later with uh, with Quinlan. But if you're a Munster fan, we'd like to hear you this morning. Oh uh, eight seven nine one eighty one eight is the WhatsApp number, or you can leave a comment on the YouTube stream at Off the Ball AM on Twitter as well. Yeah, touch briefly then finally on the the two teams that uh, that deserve the positivity out of the Premier League weekend: Manchester United and Arsenal. We'll start with United, of course, from Saturday afternoon. Um, Casemiro. I mean, enough said, really. Um, United still believed, as you said, Colin. It was even when they went to goal down. There was the faith that seemed to be there in the stadium amongst the home fans and when the, when the equaliser, albeit controversial, went in, uh, United pushing on to win the game wasn't really that surprising. Marcus Rashford, unbelievable of late. His performances have been um, exemplary. His goal scoring is just there and that's what United need, especially when Anthony Martial doesn't look fit. Um, Veghorst watching the game with his kids in the stand. Um, some smirks in the crowd from him because, that, I mean... That's probably the type of player United need when you look at the game at the, at the weekend. It was just something, there was something missing up front. And now finally they got the, the two goals that they needed. Uh, I said Fred did a, a brilliant job when Kevin De Bruyne, when Alejandro Garnacho came on. He added a bit of liveliness and changed the game as well. Um, but overall, um, excellent performance from United, I think we'll all agree. And uh, I don't know if they're in the title race yet. I don't think they are. But certainly making themselves more comfortable in terms of that top four battle and if they can add a trophy to, to, to their ranks this season the first since 2017 it will be a successful season Arsenal then top of the table and deservedly so uh, Saka caused all sorts of trouble down the right hand side yesterday in the North London derby Lloris shoveling the ball into his net probably helped for the opening goal Thomas Partey almost scoring one of the goals of the season with that strike off oh the my post. god that was just incredible. he nearly broke the stanchion like it's made an involuntary noise <laughs> you hit that 
Yeah, I think we all squealed. He had that in him. He scored a screamer against Spurs in the reverse fixture. Yeah, he only scores screamers. You're you're getting grief for not having Newcastle in the green. They're the United you're talking about with oh, well, United in that was like Mitrovic. Well, thank, thank for Mitrovic's Bodevine's uh, ending impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so his little slip. Uh, but yeah, Newcastle for sure. They're thereabouts. They deserve it. And uh, ugly scenes at full time at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that we should mention as well. Uh, the Spurs fan kicking Ramsdale in the back and Ramsdale. I was wondering why he was so animated towards the end, but when you see the replay, that's exactly why. Well, Richarlison as well. Well, yeah, was he, winding, he him was up. winding him up. Did Arteta any, did a good job. Did anybody hear yeah. Richard Keyes on that? No. On Arteta? Oh, terrible take. Did you see this? Yeah, ridiculous. Keyes, Keyes suggesting that Mikel Arteta started it all with his demeanour on the sideline. This is historical. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. No, no, in the, well, yeah, but also in the game, he threw the ball away when Kudusevsky was trying to take a quick throw and smirked. And after that, there was a bit of needle. Sure, Jacques Richard Keyes is suggesting that it, that went all the way to what happened with Ramsdale. Okay, I, Look. I, I think that like Richard's a confident they man definitely in his set a tone and there are repercussions for your tone. But he did also calm it down. He did get Xhaka out at the end. He did get Ramsdale out at the end. He did run into the middle of it and like insert himself, which he obviously likes. You know, it's, I, I it's, think the fan ruined it's the it. Perfect scenario for him because there was an act of solidarity between both sets of players once the fan got involved. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. the fan stayed away, it would have been great because yeah. it would have been Arsenal versus Spurs all over again. For the okay, uh, yeah. All right. Anything else? That's all, I think. United and Arsenal deservedly in the green, lads. That is this week's version of the Gillette Labs Performance Rankings. OTBAN's Performance Rankings with Gillette. OTBAN. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.